0: You're listening to the training podcast from PursueGod.org, the official training channel for pastors, small group leaders, and disciple makers. Find more resources to help train your church at PursueGod.org/slash training. Well, this week's topic is for small group leaders. So if you're a small group leader, pay attention. Because I'm here with Pastor John, a small groups pastor. I'm here with Averill. She's a small groups champion. And we're going to talk today about the greatest thing a small group leader can do. And guys, before we get into answering that question, we want to kind of keep people at the edge of their seats. We're not going to tell them just yet, right? This is kind of a little bit of a hook. Let's talk about some of the other great things, because there are a lot of great things small group leaders can do, right? Small group leaders have a big job with many tasks. They're they're some of the most important people in any church. So thank you, small group leaders, if you're out there listening. But there's one task that surpasses them all. Before we get to that task, what are some of the other very important, but not most important tasks that a small group leader could do? John, what would you say? What would you put on the list?
1: Yeah, so... Well, small group leaders, like you said, Brian, they they are a crucial function. I I think especially when your church starts to kind of grow past that small size to more of a medium, larger size body, and people need that connection. Um, Small group leaders provide that place for people to land who want to pursue God and who want to develop relationships. So it starts with creating um, just a welcoming atmosphere. You know, um, some small groups meet. Will meet like maybe on site at the church, but oftentimes they meet in people's homes. So, you know, just having a, a home that is ready to go, I know that's can be one of the more stressful parts of leading a small group. Is that right? I know April's on this call with this too, <laughs> April. April, I think you would agree that that those few hours leading up to that small group gathering, getting the home ready, uh, can be a, a bit stressful at times. Uh, yes. Uh, make and and it's not about this like the pretense of having a perfect home or anything, but it's just about a welcoming, a welcoming place for people to come and, and having a place of order where people can just kind of slide it into neutral and be like, ah, you know, um, this is a place where I, I, I'm going to come and, and be, um, be welcomed and, and be loved. And so, yeah, you know, that go along with that goes just the hospitality part of having food and, and that kind of things, so maybe some music, maybe some a uh, nice smelling candle burning, like my wife likes to do <sighs> that, that kind of thing. And and also small group leaders just need to be um, become, become experts really at, at holding conversations, at learning how to ask good questions. Um, they need to learn how to navigate some challenging situations at times, some challenging people even at times that, that come into the group. Um, they got to be good at, at picking um, the conversation uh, topic. Um, so, you know, with, with our small groups at, at Alpine Church, we use PursueGod.org. And, and so they need to spend some time on that resource and, and, and really begin to get to know their group and know what topics are gonna best meet their group where they're at. Um, they need to do some administrative stuff like like send out weekly communications and kind of keep track of prayer requests and, and that kind of thing. And, and you know know people's birthdays and, and um, just know what's going on in their lives. And, and there's just a, a lot involved and, and, and certainly um, small group leaders need to eat their own cooking. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> yeah, you as a small group leader, you want to inspire people's spiritual growth. Well, you can't do that if you're not plugged in yourself. So you want to make sure that you're someone who is, you know, um, taking your spiritual discipline seriously, that you're, that you're in prayer, that you're in the word, that you're attending church every week um, um, whenever possible, obviously. So that that kind of stuff is all important for a small group leader.
2: Definitely. And
1: Avril, you've you've led small groups for a long
0: time. You and your husband, Rich, what would you add to the list? What are some of the other really good and important things that you guys have had to do over the years in leading your small group?
2: Um, Well, I like that. John, like mentioned, even just knowing someone's birthday just this past Friday, we had the opportunity to celebrate a birthday in our small group. And it felt really good as a small group host to be invited by this family to take part in celebrating like the birthday of their loved ones. So um, having that like personal connection, developing those relationships with people um, in that culture of prayer, you're making a commitment as a host and a leader to be praying for your group and praying for the individuals in that group, whatever their needs or requests may be, you're making a commitment to, to put that and bring that into your prayer life. Um, Keeping You know, the conversations, engaging, making sure that no one is, you know, feeling left out. You're you're in a smaller situation than you would be at church with these people. So you can see if they're you know, if their mind is wandering and try and bring them back in and see where they're at on this topic and what their thoughts are, um, keeping them included. Um, staying on topic, same thing can happen if you you know have a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. It's very easy to rabbit trail off of things. So being able to kind of hold court and and bring things back around to the topic when they need to be, um, and then I I love to be able to have the opportunity to serve with people in my small group, whether that be at events outside of church, you know, community events, or um, in children's ministry, or in you know a coffee team, or wherever the place might be within your church just taking those relationships that you have in your small group and bringing them into another part of your regular weekly life.
0: So those are all good. And and we we could probably talk for the next hour about a whole list of things that a small group leader does, good things, important things that a small group leader does. And And again, a small group leader is so important in any local church. It's one of the most important roles you can have in a church. But Today, we're talking about the greatest thing a small group leader can do, not just a list of all the good things. And if you want to find more resources on those good things we've talked about, you can find training resources on all of that at PursueGod.org training. But, but guys, let's, we've sufficiently hooked our audience. Small group leaders are at the edge of their seats saying, but what's the greatest thing I could do? And here's what it is. The greatest thing a small group leader can do is give their job away. The greatest thing you can do is raise up your replacement, raise up more small group leaders, empower more small group leaders. That's the best thing you can do. And a lot of small group leaders don't really have that in mind. They're trying to do their job well, all the things you guys just listed out, but they're not necessarily thinking about reproducing themselves. And we want to talk about why that's important. There's three main reasons today that this is the best thing you can do with your time that you should have this kind of front of mind even at the beginning of your your new small group season and the first reason it's important is because it matures other people right when you raise up when you raise up a replacement when you raise up more small group leaders think about it you're giving them a chance to mature just as you were given a chance to mature through leading your small group
1: yeah Brian that's a great point i like how you you mentioned there too if, if you're a small group leader you may have missed this brian said that it's something you need to be thinking about on the front end and um i think this is so important because it is kind of counterintuitive you know it it takes some courage to step out and be a small group leader um you're vulnerable vulnerable you know you you're you trying to uh maybe you do an event at church or something and, and you're trying to uh uh, add members to your group. And some some Sundays that goes well, some it doesn't. And it's it can at times be even discouraging. Um, and then to think, well, I'm doing this all so that I can multiply this group and we can break apart. It's almost counterintuitive to, <laughs> in, in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. But but um, it, it is absolutely the most important thing we can do because it, it does, it helps mature people. And, and when we say people, that includes you. And so we're going to read uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 here. Um, This is Jesus speaking. who says, uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And so this is something we talk about um, uh, often at at, at Alpine Church. And this is the idea that true maturity looks like um, making disciples. It looks like multiplying yourself. It looks like raising up other leaders. And this is really the strategy that, that Jesus had to grow his church. And it's no different within your small group. So the goal of your small group is not simply just to um, you know, um, form that tight community and, and those friendships and, and grow in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all good, that should happen. But if there's not growth, then there's an issue um, because we know that healthy things grow. And so um, you will mature as you help others mature by uh, ultimately giving away uh, opportunities for ministry and um, helping them to to grow to that point where they're able to step out at some point and and mentor. And then maybe even if they're the right fit, not everybody's a great fit for a small group leader, but if they're the right fit, or lead their own small group and create another space for people to land.
0: Avril, for you and Rich, when did when did you guys learn this principle that leading a small group matured, not just the people who came to your group, but probably even more so, it matured you and Rich?
2: Um, I would say it came about for us, like, probably after, like, our second go-round in small groups, we joined a small group as pretty new Christians. Um, And it was easy to see, like, where it was comfortable and safe with, like, this group, this small group of people who knew me and I knew them. And we gathered every week and shared life and all those things. And then after, like, it was about a year, I'd say, um, it kind of became clear that, like, okay, well, we have all these tools and we have all these resources and we have all this growth happening, like, why wouldn't we want to go out and, and share that in some way with someone else? And so that's when we decided to, that we were interested in leading small groups. Um, and, and so then having had that experience to go from an attender to a leader, it seemed natural to want it to continue that way. So as a leader to try and find those people. And I think that Alpine does a great job of um, keeping that in the forefront of, of the minds of small group leaders to think about, are we raising up more small group leaders? And where they should come from, keeping them coming from small groups. Um, In Proverbs 27, there's a famous verse about iron sharpening iron. And so that's the just I think small groups are a great example of that. It's the place where you come, you bring your your Sunday morning church life out of Sunday morning and you take it into the rest of your week and you take your faith out with you into someone else's home. And so to take that and try and reproduce it and find someone else who can lead in that direction, I think is really powerful.
0: Okay, so that's the first reason that reproducing yourself, giving your job away is the greatest thing you can do as a small group leader. It's because you noticed that it matured you to be a small group leader. So give someone else a chance to mature as well. Absolutely. And we'll make sure here at the end to talk about some of the practical things you can do to give away your job. We'll, We'll save that for the very end of the episode today. But the second reason, and this to me is one of my favorite reasons, the second reason that you should be intentional about giving your job away, uh, reproducing yourself as a small group leader is because it helps you to stay sane. And I think the best example of this in the Old Testament is comes from Exodus 18. This is when Moses is out there. He's called by God, just like small group leaders are called by God to lead a group of people. Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. We all, of course, know the story, but a lot of people don't realize that he got really stressed out in the middle of this whole thing. And some of you small group leaders listening right now might feel a little stressed out. So pay attention to this interaction between Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. Exodus 18, starting at verse 14, it says, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening. That's such a great example. John, we talk about this with our pastoral team a lot too, that it's so easy as a pastor to feel all this burden. Like you feel like everything has to go through you and you're doing all the work. And you know, Jethro said to Moses, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. So look, Jethro's talking to Moses leading the people of Israel. But I think he's really talking to pastors. I think he's really talking to small group leaders. He's, it's this principle of empowerment. And, and if you read the rest of that passage, it talks about basically Jethro tells him to organize people into groups, small groups, and let people lead in the small groups. What a, what a perfect example of small group leaders reproducing themselves so that they don't feel so worn out, feeling like they have to do all the ministry. So it really does help you to stay sane as a small group leader if
1: you reproduce yourself and someone else. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's often referred to as the Jethro principle, and it has nothing to do with the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, it's just this idea that, hey, you know what? Um, it's, it's tempting to want to do everything yourself, you know, and sometimes it's easier to be honest. Like, I mean, think of, of you out there that have kids. Um, yeah. and, uh, last night I just said, fine, I'll do the dishes. You know what? Because my kids, I didn't want to do, de- I didn't want to deal with them. Um, and, and they were in their bedrooms and kind of done for the night. And, uh, and I'm just like, fine. You know what? I should empower them to, to do it and maybe even do it together would be even better. Um, but uh, sometimes we're just tempted to do it on our own because it's easier. But but in the long run, it, it is harder, right? And so um, it it's important that we we look. I think again, right from the get go, to set these expectations in your group. It's really important. So um, you know when you when you form your group, uh, when you've got new people coming into the group, that's another time to kind of reset and say, hey, let's talk about why we exist, what we're doing here together. Let's talk about. Um, how we work as a group together what different tasks um, what an average small group evening looks like and how we divide that up um, amongst the group Um, and and so I think that's just again um, applying this principle so that you're not ultimately going going to be burned out because it will happen if you try to do it all on your own you will uh, go insane at some point and you'll just you'll just get burned out and you'll be like hey you know what that's it and the group will feel that um, the the atmosphere will become less hospitable hospitable and uh, less welcoming. Uh, I think that vibe will just kind of come through you as a leader. And ultimately, I think the group will will suffer for it.
0: Well, and I think the other thing is then you're not allowing other people to step out in their ministry gifts, right? Averill, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts the gifting that God has given everyone, and he, and he uses this metaphor, Paul does to the Corinthians, he uses this metaphor of Christians being part of one body.
2: Yeah, like we're all one, but everyone is a different part of the body. Um, so not everyone is going to be gifted exactly the same, but if you're not giving anyone the opportunity to exercise what their gifting may be, then you're kind of, you're robbing them of that opportunity more than just not allowing it. Um, I I think from like a a 30,000 foot view a lot. And just to think of like, how heavy the spiritual growth of an entire church, like how heavy that burden must feel. But if you are doing well at, you know, dividing out into these small groups where people can join together and spiritually grow together, then you're lightening that burden for everyone involved, like everyone from the lead pastor to the other small group leaders to, you know, a campus pastor, everyone's burden is lightened by the fact that we're all helping in in growing together spiritually.
0: Yeah, I want to take a minute just to, as a pastor, to say thank you to small group leaders listening to this all over the country, all over the world. Like I think I speak for your pastor when I say you really are like a like an associate pastor, when you do your job well, April. For you, when you do your job well, and it's it's always such a reminder to me whenever I show up at someone's small group and see past real pastoral ministry going on. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, like, is if your church is more than fifty people, right, John? If your church is even more than fifty people, there's no way that one pastor can sufficiently shepherd fifty people. So. So uh, probably most people listening today go to a church larger than fifty. So if you're a small group leader in that church, you're a you're part of the pastoral staff essentially. So thank you because you really do help you you help your pastor stay sane. You help your church be healthy. Everything you just said there, Avril. but also I think what happens then as a small group leader is you have to start seeing it like a pastor does and recognize that you too could get burned out. Because yeah. if you're a good small group leader, your your small group's going to grow. Yeah. Avril, I know that's true for you and Rich. You guys are great small group leaders. So your your group has grown. And w- we love to see that. But then as a pastor, I say, okay, now don't, don't wear yourself out, like Jethro says to Moses. Don't wear yourself out. Make sure that you're thinking about the next phase for your small group. Make sure that you're thinking about giving it away, raising up another leader so that Averill, you're not worn out, right? Because maybe your pastor's not worn out, but maybe the small group leader is.
2: And being aware too, I feel like um, sometimes like not being afraid to ask someone, like if if you don't give someone the opportunity to say no, if you're saying no for them, then you never know that maybe their answer was going to be yes. And if you feel like someone is a good fit, then it's not hard to sit down and have that conversation with them and tell them why you think this would be a good fit for them, why you think it would be good for their spiritual growth, and then allow them to to be the decider at that point. Um, I know that in the past I've struggled with that and I, I will make excuses for people in the back of my mind, like, Oh, well, they've got kids in school and mm. they're busy and they have this, but you really have to, to not do that, to let go and let that person be the decider.
1: Yeah. And I, I just want to touch oh, on that too. Good. April, you said something earlier about, I think you use the word like, um, uh, you're stealing someone's ministry from them potentially. Yeah. You can rob them. Rob them. That you said rob them. And, and then, as a result of robbing them of that opportunity and, and spreading that burden out as well, you're also robbing them of the joy. And that's, that's, Absolutely. that's, that's the part that, you know, they don't even know it yet. Maybe, right. Like, like something is yeah. simple and we'll get into the, this later, but something as, as simple as recognizing that um, someone in the group could, could really lead prayer and, and, and they, they're on the fence about it in their own mind, but you, you know, or you, you've been, you're given a, you know, a nudge from the Holy spirit that this person is ready for that step. And, and they don't know the joy they're going to experience through, through doing it. And, and, and so, um, and that's that, that part of that verse of in Matthew, you know, 28, 18 through 20, that, um, where Jesus says, "And I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I feel like that's the part that witness um, experience that, people get when they step out in a vulnerable way to to serve and to use their gifts. Um, Even though it can be scary for them, as a leader, we need to push them toward toward being with Jesus in those times and, and being able to experience the joy that comes with
2: that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let me reset for just a second. So we're talking about why giving away your leadership, in other words, raising up more leaders, why that's the greatest thing you can do as a small group leader. And so far we've talked about, well, it, it it matures people in your group just like it matured you when you became a leader. And then we talked about how it helps to keep you sane so that you're not trying to do all the ministry. You're not trying to be the superstar um, and and rob people of the ability to help someone else. And there's one more reason, guys, that we need to cover before we just get super practical and talk about some a couple of practical steps that people can take to start doing this. And the third reason that this is the greatest thing you can do is because it empowers the next generation. <clears throat> and if you're not empowering the next generation, and this we see this in church in Europe, the churches in Europe are are dead. So many churches in Europe are dead because I think... Um, well there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because they didn't empower the next generation. If you're not empowering the next generation, then then this movement uh is gonna stop with your generation. And we don't want that. Paul actually talks about this when he's speaking to his understudy Timothy in second Timothy two, verses one through three. John, why don't you read this? And this is one of these this
1: is really a verse that we use a lot for mentoring, but it also applies to small sure. groups. Sure. Uh starting in verse one uh timothy my dear son be strong through the grace that god gives you in christ jesus you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others endure suffering along with me as good as a good soldier of christ jesus yeah I, I mean, a lot of times we, we don't leave, we kind of leave out that verse three part, but I, I added it in for our for our uh, podcast today because um, I just thought about the the days um, when as a small group leader, you're thinking, oh, man, I don't know if I want to run group tonight. You know, I mean, and and yeah. and, and there are those days, you know, and um, but but stick with it and and. and look for those opportunities, use that actually, those tough nights, those nights could be a trigger for you to remember this passage. You know what, your job is to pass on what you're doing um, to other people that can help pass it on to the next generation, because this is, this is our, our call. This is our, um, um, uh, uh, commission. Thank you. Commission, uh, to, Mm -hmm. to continue to spread, the good news of the gospel and, and our small groups really are a springboard uh, for that to happen uh, into the world.
0: Yeah, and I love when you look at that verse, 2 Timothy 2 2, it, it shows us, I think by my last count, it was five generations, right? Paul says, You have heard me teach things. So he's there's two generations. Paul's one generation, Timothy's another. That have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So that was the generation before Paul. So there's three. And he says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. There's a fourth generation who will be able to pass them on to others. There's a fifth generation. So this is generational ministry. And again, it applies to discipling people, one-on-one, two-on-two discipleship, which we're really passionate about at Pursue God. But it also applies to small groups, because small groups is kind of on a practical level. It's kind of like mentoring or discipling on steroids. It allows you to disciple not just one or two people at a time, but if you're really intentional about it, it allows you to disciple a dozen people at a time, which, Averill, this is what Jesus set an example for for us, isn't Absolutely.
2: it? Absolutely. Um, I think he set the best example, and it hits on all the things we've talked about. He chose a group of 12, and he spent a lot of time in close relationship with them. He modeled, like, servant leadership. Um, he modeled hospitality and like breaking bread with them and meals. He prayed for them. He asked for prayer from them. Um, he was vulnerable with them and with them when they were vulnerable. And um, he asked them to step out in faith in ways that, that they didn't know they could or wouldn't have believed they could and and even afterwards still didn't believe they had. So he did all of that with, with essentially a small group of people with the disciples. And then in no uncertain terms, he sent them out to go and to continue sharing the gospel Um, in his absence after, you know, he had died and been resurrected. And so he really is the best example for all things and small groups as as well. Um, And then in in the Old Testament too, you can see, I always like being able to pull the Old Testament into things that, so that it's clear that it's not just a New Testament thing, but in the Old Testament, you see um, examples of people working in small groups, Um, Noah and his family. Were they were it? They found favor with God. Noah was the only righteous man in a wicked world, and they were put in a boat, and you know survived a flood, and then were left to, to renew the earth when it had been wiped clean, and then in Daniel, um, he and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah when they were exiled to Babylon and serving together, there are, there's a lot in that book of them praying together for each other and supporting each other. And it's again, like a a small group of people that, that iron sharpening iron and, and keeping people on track with their, their spiritual growth and even just their spiritual practice in times of stress and need and all of those types of things that we see so much of nowadays.
0: Yeah. So that's why, Small group leaders, that's why it's so important for you to have front of mind that you want to be starting right now, thinking about who can you give away ministry to? Who can you multiply through? What leaders can you raise up in your small group, even right now, so so that you can mature them and help them become a leader, so that you can stay sane yourself and not try to do all the ministry yourself, so that you can empower the next generation and and really get more and more traction for for inviting people into the kingdom of God. Small groups are so important. So, these are reasons why it's so important for you to give it away. And guys, let's let's just take a few minutes here at the end and give some really practical advice to small group leaders who would say, "Okay, you've convinced me, guys. John and Avril, you've you've talked me into it. I'm going to start reproducing myself. I'm I'm this week in small group. I'm going to have eyes open" for who might be my replacement. Like I want to work myself out of a job. This is a great idea. I can't believe I never thought of it. Okay. So what, what, what practical advice would you give them now? Just a few things for them to do so that they can start giving away. Well, their let
1: me, let me start by one that's obvious, but maybe is missed a little bit. Uh, April mentioned, you know, Jesus. And, and we, we talked about, as we prayed, opening up our, uh, our time together today. Um, about really Jesus having the, the first small group. And so <clears throat> Jesus chose his small group. And I think I think um, if for those of, of you that have already got your small group form, that's that's great. But again as a small group continues to grow, be purposeful about invitation. And if you're starting a brand new small group, if you're a new leader, don't don't wait for your small group to choose you. You you need to be in prayer and you need to be choosing your small group as the Lord leads you and you should be choosing a, a diverse, really a diverse group. I, I think, I think uh, I'm not, I, well, I don't want to knock on, on this because it just happens and that's okay. And it's not, it's not bad by any means, but you see a lot of groups that kind of form around a certain age or, uh, um, um, and I think that's just natural, but as a leader, I was always purposeful to look for diversity in my group because I wanted that, uh, that, Barnabas, um, Paul, Timothy kind of scenario to be, to be happening. And so that way, you know, you're not stuck with, um, you know, 15 Timothys that join your group and now you're going, oh my goodness, how can I ever, <laughs> it's going to be five, six years before I can ever give ministry away in this group. So I think you need to be purposeful when you, when you choose your group, be inviting people. And that also sets the stage, um, for those that you're inviting your group. To say, hey, remember when I invited you? Remember why you joined my small group? Because we went off to coffee after church that day, and I invited you into my group. And now I want you to go do the same as you are invitational and you build your own group. So that that would be um, my, my first bit of advice.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. I know once like once settled into a group, some things that, that we like to do in our small group, Rich and I... Um, you know, if someone else would like to open or close the the night in prayer, that's always great. It doesn't always have to be the small group leader doing those things. If someone else would like to lead or facilitate conversation, that doesn't always have to be the small group leader. Um, and we happen to host on Fridays. So occasionally there'll be, you know, things that go on on a Friday that will take us away from our group. And rather than just canceling those Fridays, we really like to open it up to the group and say like, hey, is there anyone who would like to host? this weekend while we'll be unavailable. Um, and that has, you know, proven fruitful a couple of times. We've had some people who have taken on the group for a weekend when we're not available. And so it's great to see, you know, everyone stick together and, and get that time and not lose out on the Friday together and just happen to be in someone else's home.
1: Yeah, that's a good
0: one. Yeah, I think I think those are really, really good. I want to re- revisit those, Avril. You, you, you said three things. You said let someone open or close in prayer. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. It's it's kind of like baby yeah. steps, right? And maybe maybe even give them a heads up, you know, ahead of time. Someone that you recognize might be a leader. Say, hey, would you be oh, this Friday night? Could you? I'm going to ask you to open in prayer. Would you do that? You know, can I give you some tips on how to do it? Or we actually have resources that. Pursue God on the training page that helps people with stuff like that. So you can even share a topic with them outside of your small group and say, "Hey, can we let's get together for coffee and talk about how to pray yeah. if you're nervous about that, like how to yeah. how to open in prayer or whatever." And so maybe some of that is even helping them outside yes. of the group doing some conversations with them outside of the group to get, gain their help them gain confidence or or courage to do it or for them to recognize how intentional you're being but so you said they can open or close in prayer that's great number two they can host the group at their home that's that's great as well because there's so many of the so many of the practical things that we started this episode with you know creating a hospitable environment a welcoming environment those are you know let them cut their teeth on some of those basic things that are important still. Maybe before you officially launch them as their own small group, and then of course the ultimate thing is to let them lead the conversation. Again, our you know the, the Pursue God resources are intended for small groups and families and and one-on-one mentoring relationships, but the whole the whole idea behind them is just it's just a conversation. All right. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's just you pick a topic, you send it out to the group ahead of time, and then when when people show up, it just makes it easier to lead the conversation because hopefully they've already watched the video or listened to the podcast. Hopefully people are already coming sort of ready to engage in the conversation. And now you as a small group leader are just leading the conversation. And, you know, if if Avril and Rich are modeling that well, not trying to show off and, and dominate the conversation as a small group leader, then, the, you know, you guys, Avril and Rich, the easier you make it look, then the more likely someone else is going to say, "Oh, I can do that." All you're doing is like using those conversation or using those questions and and pay, kind of paying attention to the room and and trying to keep people engaged. All these things we've been talking about. And so the more the more you make it look easy, yeah. Like a fisherman can do it, not a not like a Bible yes. expert, then right? Then it, isn't that true that then I think people will step up and maybe say, I can do it. And Swan, I know for you in your, in your men's group on Saturday morning, I've I've noticed how, I don't know if you do this every week, but at the end of every week, the the leader, actually Rich is one of the leaders in that group, he says, does anyone want to lead next week? And I love it. It's neat to see like you're giving people an opportunity, but because it's so easy, even right. a caveman but can do it. But to be it, clear, right? we don't
1: say, does anybody want to lead next week? Because you probably would get crickets. We say... We say, who's leading next week? (laughs) Oh, that's good. So, yeah, and that's just established right from the get-go as new guys enter the group, you know, and they know that, look, it's not like this thing where you've got to take a turn, okay? But it's been amazing to see some of the guys that joined the group over a year ago now um, that I honestly thought there's no way that guy will ever raise his hand and say he's going to lead they're raising their hand now and they're leading the group. It's awesome. It's so, and it's so in, inspiring to me and encouraging to me and the other guys in the group uh, to see that happen. That yeah. So it's awesome. really fun. So another couple uh, areas that are um, maybe a little bit lower hurdles for, for um, to get, you know, get your group members involved in um, is, is uh, you know, I know like some, some small groups will, typically have uh times during a, um, a ministry year where they meet very consistently and then some other times where they're they they do not meet as consistently in the summer and i mean it, depending on how the ministry is run you may even have an official break or something like that and at, during those times we encourage our small group leaders to run like a social event have a barbecue you know have a holiday party those kinds of things and so to put that in you know and give someone else in your group um that charge to say hey why don't would you would you be open to running, uh, you know, a friendsgiving, um, you know, three weeks from now, you'd, uh, uh, or or would you be open to hosting a barbecue this that kind of thing, given given them opportunity to, to run a social event, um, and then the other side of that would be service opportunities, um, you know, asking your group members to to identify, uh, find out what they're passionate about, and then when you when you find that out, say okay, would would could could you you know, could you look for an opportunity for us to, to serve as a group together in that area? Whether it's connected to the church and something the church is doing or or something that you look to do on your own. So, yeah.
0: Well, there you have it. The greatest thing a small group leader can do is to give away your job, is to raise up your replacement, raise up more small group leaders. It's going to mature people. It's going to help you stay sane as a small group leader and it's going to empower the next generation. Now, if you want to talk about this with some of the small group leaders at your church, or even maybe with your future small group leader that you're raising up. This is actually a great topic to go over with that person that you want to raise up. You can find all these resources at PursueGod.org forward slash training.